Seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much, Brother Andrew, Brother Scott, Brother Ken, all that are leading us into worship. Amen. Doesn't it feel good to be in the presence of God? Thank you, Jesus. There's no place more refreshing, there's no place more enlightening, no place more satisfying than the presence of the Lord. Amen. We're going to look into the Word of God tonight into our and, and continue our series. Uh, the name of our series is Blameless. And uh, that is a word perhaps that you and I don't necessarily feel we qualify for. But I'm glad to say that through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you and I can be counted blameless before the Lord. Now, the devil might try to remind you of everything you've done wrong, said wrong, and uh, make you feel as though you cannot attain unto the promises of God. But by the grace of God, he makes us innocent, innocent before him. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 16, rejoice evermore. That is a calm wellness of one's soul. <clears throat> and it is important that we do that continually, evermore. Pray without ceasing. Keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Pray through, pray through. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If you're looking for the will of God tonight, you just heard it. You just found it. Give thanks. Give thanks. And the way grows clearer for you. Quench not the Spirit. Allow the Spirit of the Lord to move in you, through you, in your life. And He will have His holy way and give you direction. Verse 20, despise not prophesyings. Let the word of the Lord have free course in your life. Don't despise it, even when it conflicts with your opinion. Don't reject it or resist it. Even when you don't necessarily agree with it, if it's the word of the Lord, agree with it. If it's the word of the Lord, agree with it. Tonight we're going to focus on verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast. That which is good. And we covered each of these verses 16 through 20 in depth uh, in this series. And so if you'd like to uh, pick up a, a CD or listen in on the podcast, uh, those, uh, each of those verses have been covered prayerfully uh, through the teaching of the word and will help you as you draw closer to God. Verse 21, we're going to concentrate on prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Now, the reason that we have approached it like this is because we're building up to a particular point. The point at which we have arrived is the very critical point. Because in verse 22, we're going to achieve something, accomplish something that so many people have tried and so many people have failed even Christians 
who seek to walk with the Lord many times fail in their quest to abstain from all appearance of evil. So many times we fall to temptation or we submit to or surrender to temptation. But the Bible commands us to abstain from all appearance of evil. And if we will do this, then the very God of peace can sanctify us completely. And then the Apostle Paul prays that God would our whole spirit and body and soul be preserved blameless, blameless, blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know how much time exists between now and when the Lord is scheduled to come for his church. But I know that between now and when he arrives, I want to be blameless before him. I don't want anything to trip me up, turn me back, shut me down, and send me into a, an abyss that God didn't create for me, but created for the devil and his angels. I, listen, above all else, we must be saved. Above all else, we must be saved. More important than succeeding in life, you must be saved. More important than being well thought of, you must be saved. More important than having a good reputation or money in the bank, you and I must be saved. And so this teaches us how we can be blameless and preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it starts with rejoice evermore. Just be calm and know it's going to be all right. That's how we rejoice in the Lord. It's going to be all right. It is well with my soul. All chaos is breaking loose, but it is well with my soul. It's going to be all right. God has this under control. And we pray without ceasing. We pray without ceasing. We don't worry. We pray. We don't fear. We pray. We don't doubt. We pray. If any of those emotions emerge in you, that's your cue to pray. And, and the old song said it so well. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. He will hear your faintest cry. He'll answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer wheel turning, then you know a little fire is burning. I don't know what a prayer wheel is, but I know when it's turning, there's a little fire burning. And just a little talk with Jesus, just, just a little talk with Jesus will make it all right. Glory to God. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Nothing, nothing can, can uh, vanquish a temptation like giving thanks unto the Lord. So many temptations have access to our hearts because of what we are not thankful for if we would be thankful for the blessing that God has put in our lives then that right there shuts out the temptation to step away from his blessing and to look to what the enemy would bring to us quench not the spirit 
Letting the Spirit have access, have, have operation in our life, despise not prophesying, letting the Word of God have operation in our life. And here we are at prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Now, prove all things is very important because it requires and involves a discerning of spirits. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. That is one of the things that you will find that is so very important in your walk with God that you discern the spirits. The Bible says that it is important that people are taught the difference between the holy and the profane. And we're living in a world where preachers don't like to say something is profane. And so they don't Therefore, teach the difference between what is holy and what is profane. And therefore, you and I have a responsibility, especially with the Holy Ghost as our guide. And do you know that the Holy Ghost in you is a teacher? The Holy Ghost is a teacher. And if you will listen to what the Holy Spirit of God is saying inside of you, the Holy Spirit will show you what is right and the Holy Ghost will show you what is wrong. And so when, when the Holy Ghost throws up a red flag, don't ignore it. So many times we just trample over what the Holy Ghost is telling us. And, uh, and you engaged in something, involved in something, and you know full well that you shouldn't be involved in it or engaged in it, and you are overriding the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. And don't mistake the work of the preacher for the work of the Holy Ghost. The work of the preacher is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to, to exhort with all long-suffering and with all doctrine. The work of the preacher is to preach the word, to be instant, in season, out of season, reproving, rebuking, and exhorting with all long-suffering and doctrine. But when it comes down to making the right decision, that is something you must be accountable for. That's something you have to decide. You are responsible to make the right decision. And that's a daunting task when you consider how deceptive your heart is. We've talked about that. That the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. We've discussed the fact that you've never met a devil in hell more deceptive than your own heart. Your flesh is against you. Your flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So you can't trust your flesh. You can't trust your heart. The scripture says there's a way that seems right unto a man. But the end thereof is is death and destruction. And so, you know, I, I can relate to that because I have zero navigational skills. My wife, she doesn't even have to have ever been somewhere before. And, and she can just say, um, I, think it's, I think we need to turn right here. And I remember a day early in our marriage where I would say, well, I think I would know a little better. I think we'll turn left here. And I, those days are long gone. I just go along. I just go along with whichever direction. And she knows 
direction has a, what they call a sense of direction. I don't have a sense of direction when it comes to driving. And so I have learned that if I want to turn left, turn right. If I want to go straight, go backward. Just make a U-turn. I mean, you might, you might have passed it. I'm sure I passed it. If I want to go straight, I need to make a U-turn. You end up learning that your flesh cannot be trusted. And you can, it's very interesting, the, the will of the flesh. It, 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 it has a particular desire, a particular preference, and it, it always has something to do with what is most convenient. It always has something to do with what is most advantageous for you. It always, ironically, ends up with you benefiting the most. And, and of course, benefiting in a worldly way and in worldly gain. But there's something about serving the Lord where you learn that the first shall be last, the last shall be first. You learn that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so you have to let the Holy Ghost lead you, the Holy Ghost guide you, and in that process you will be able to prove all things. You've got to understand that there are going to be many deceptive spirits rise up and tempt you and try to get you to follow after something that is, that is incorrect, that is, that is invalid. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, when they asked the Lord to teach them to pray, he taught them to pray. And, and he gave to them what we now call the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus didn't call it that. That's what we call it. It's really everybody's prayer. It's supposed to be everybody's prayer. This is how we are supposed to pray. In verse 9 of Matthew 6. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Our daily bread. Now, I think this is interesting because this kind of reveals the point of the day in which Jesus is telling us to pray. He's telling you, start your day with prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. In other words, the day is beginning now. And I need you to give me this day, us this day, our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and notice what he says in verse 13 and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen so before we do anything else in order to prove all things in order to discern all things in order to practice wisdom and have understanding concerning what is the right choice to make the right direction to go first and foremost we must pray to God and say deliver us from evil God protect me from the wrong decision that's how much I don't trust myself to make the right decision deliver me from evil deliver me from the evils of pride don't let pride factor into what decision I will make. Lord, deliver me from the evils of greed. Don't let greed factor into the decision that I will make. Lord, deliver me from the evils of lusts of my eyes and lusts of my flesh. These are evil things. 
that I don't want to influence the decision that I'm going to make. And I can easily, if I'm carnal and I'm not praying and I'm not seeking God, I can easily confuse a lust of my flesh for a desire of my spirit. I want to say that again. When you are carnal, you can easily confuse a lust of your flesh for a desire of your spirit. And you end up making a wrong decision. And it leads you down a path where you're going to come face to face with evil, the appearance of evil. And, and if you'll prove all things and hold fast that which is good, you won't you won't have to worry. You can abstain from all appearance of evil. That's what we're trying to do with this teaching. We're trying to help equip people to abstain from all appearance of evil so you don't just haphazardly walk up to evil and say, oh, hello, what's your name? And evil won't tell you, I'm evil. Evil will say it is anything but evil. It will pick any good quality you can imagine. I'm joy. I'm peace. I'm comfort. I'm happiness. I'm, I'm gratitude. I'm, I'm all of these wonderful things. I'm wealth. I'm health. I'm goodness. I'm generosity. It will never be honest with you because it's evil. And so you don't want to depend on your flesh and you certainly don't want to depend on the very evil thing or evil person to tell you whether or not they are evil. You need to have discerning power. Listen, it is a gift of the Spirit to discern spirits. The Holy Ghost puts inside of you the ability to discern spirits. You don't have to be some super prophet to discern a spirit. You don't have to be Elijah or Elisha or Melchizedek to discern the spirits all you got to do is have the Holy Ghost and there's some people without the Holy Ghost but have the gift of suspicion and and man they they get it wrong most of the time but sometimes they get it right that gift of I don't know where the gift is I don't think the Holy Ghost gives us the gift of suspicion that's something bestowed upon us by us. And, and we end up prejudging. We end up, uh, we end up unfairly labeling. We end up holding people to account for what others have done to us. We end up uh, broad brushing people when, when we need to be able to love without measure and allow us to prove all things and allow the Holy Ghost in us to prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. So before, in order to prove all things, the number one thing you have to do is pray and simply say, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Amen. Lord, get down into my decision-making infrastructure, the apparatus of myself that is making decisions and help me to make a good and godly decision. Take from, pray specific prayers. Take from me wicked desires and replace those desires with godly desires. 
give me the feelings that I should have. You know, there are a lot of people who live life condemned about how they feel. They live life condemned about how they feel. They feel a certain way about something. And so they beat themselves up because they know they shouldn't feel that way. When the whole time it's an unclean spirit who's whispering in your ear, manipulating your thoughts, manipulating your emotions, and, and, and influencing you to feel a certain way. And this is what Paul was saying when he said, be not ignorant of the devil's devices. He has devices, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're not careful and you're not proving all things, then you will fall prey to his devices. But it is knowledge and it is understanding and it is wisdom that helps us to prove all things and walk confidently in the Holy Ghost. And when a foreign feeling enters your emotional makeup and it feels like a real feeling, but you know, wait a minute, I'm blood-bought, I'm spirit-filled, I'm sanctified, I'm justified. I know that in my heart of hearts, I do not feel this way. So I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. So many people, if they don't understand the devil's devices, then they will succumb to the feeling and think, oh my goodness, well, since I feel this, then all of a sudden this defines me. And this is who I am now. And oh my goodness, I must act upon this feeling. That's the whole purpose of being saved from this world. That you wouldn't act upon an ungodly feeling. That you wouldn't act upon an ungodly impulse. You've been set free from those ungodly impulses. This is not who you are. And this does not define you. You are now filled with the Holy Ghost. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. And if you, listen, if you need the Holy Ghost, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost at any time. The promise is unto you and to your children. To all that are far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so, so don't allow the enemy, and, and see, the enemy knows that you are flesh and blood. And so he operates on a different spiritual plane than what you and I typically do. And so he will whisper into our ears in a frequency, can I use that word? In a frequency that we will not suspect him to be using. So you don't hear an audible voice. You just have a feeling. And, and if you don't know that it's him doing it, you can, you can begin to get depressed. You can begin to look down on yourself, look down on others. Sometimes he won't whisper in your ear about you. He'll do that, try to condemn you, try to label you, try to beat you down. But sometimes he'll whisper in your ear about other people. And all of a sudden you're looking at so-and-so. You've got to prove what it is that is, that is beginning to try to take root in your life. So, so you can abstain from all appearance of evil. Let's, let's move on. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading at the first verse of 1 John chapter 4. First verse of 1 John chapter 4 says this. Beloved... Believe not every spirit, 
but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Why? Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When we speak of Jesus Christ coming in the flesh... We speak of Jehovah's salvation, the anointed Messiah coming in the flesh. Let's make sure we understand what we're saying here. Jehovah is my salvation, the anointed one Messiah is come in the flesh. If the spirit is not in agreement with that, it's not of God. This is why you don't need to fill your head with songs of people who don't believe in Jehovah's salvation. The anointed one Messiah come in the flesh. Because they are speaking and singing from a vantage point of Antichrist. This is why we don't follow the teachings of people who do not believe that Jehovah's salvation, the anointed one Messiah, is come in the flesh because they come from the vantage point of Antichrist. It is the spirit of Antichrist. And I know when you think of Antichrist, you think of some big beast coming up out of the water with horn, 10 horns and 18 heads and, and big red eyes and pitchfork and pointed tail. And you think, well, I've never seen anything like that. And that's, that's what Antichrist is. The spirit of Antichrist comes in the most subtle forms and most of the time, comes in the form of religion. Let's remember how Jesus was crucified. Jesus was crucified by religious objection to what he was doing. He was crucified by religious objection to what he was doing. And, and this is, ladies and gentlemen, the spirit of anti-Christ. So believe not every spirit. And, and this, is, this, is, this goes right over our heads sometimes. Because we think in terms of, well, I've never even had a spirit talk to me. Yes, you have. You've had multiple spirits talk to you just since I started teaching. If you understood, and, and if you understood how much activity goes on in the spirit world, you wouldn't be as afraid. You would not fear as much. Somebody said to me, they said, oh, I feel a bad spirit. Well, of course you do. There's bad spirits everywhere. But we are, we are not overcome by them. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we don't get intimidated by that. Neither do we entertain that. But we have authority over that in the name of Jesus Christ. So... You've heard me tell the story. I, I tell the story of the, if some of you may not have heard it, but I tell the story of when I was suffering from severe, I, I, was, I, was, I was feeling severe uh, 
I, I don't know what you call it. I was, I was very down, just very down. And I was, I was just very down on myself. And I, and I was beating myself up emotionally and mentally. And I just, I, 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 I just wanted nothing to do with myself. <laughs> kind of hard to get away from yourself, you know. And, and I just was, oh, man, I just felt so, so just bad and, and, and thought so low of myself. And, and I, and I, but I know enough about how the devil operates to know that this was a spiritual thing. And so I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if this is a spiritual thing, then let me, let me see what I'm dealing with. And then I said, no, wait, scratch that. I don't want to see nothing. But I do want to know what I'm dealing with. So let me sense it, hear it, feel it, smell it, something. I want to, because I'm at a point, I'm so down on myself. This, this isn't how I, in my heart of hearts, feel about me. And yet I do feel this way for some reason. And so I went to bed, having prayed that prayer, and I had a dream in the middle of the night. The dream, there was an evil spirit attacking me, choking me, pressing me down into my sleep. I was trying to wake up. I couldn't wake up. Finally, I came up out of that dream awake, and when I did, I heard the voice of my adversary. God opened my ears to it, and I heard it audibly. It was hissing at me. It was a, it was a, it was a very uh, hateful whisper. And the things it was saying to me were, were some of the worst things that, I, that anybody could ever have said to them and about them. And, and I sat there for just a moment and I wasn't afraid. Because the Lord had allowed me to experience it. And so by it being the Lord allowing me to experience it, he removed the fear from it. And he said to me, he said, you wanted to hear. What was speaking to you? This has been speaking to you all day long. And by the evening, you were starting to believe what was being said. And the things that thing was saying to me were so awful and so horrible. No wonder I felt so bad about me. I hope none of them were true. Thank God they weren't because the devil's a liar. Now I know some of the things he said. And, and thank God, I don't have to worry about those things being true because he said them. And if the devil said that about you, it's a lie. If the devil said you're not going to win, it's a lie. If the devil said you're not going to have victory, it's a lie. If the devil told you you can't be delivered, it's a lie. If the devil said you can't experience the miracle, it's a lie. And the opposite then is true. You are going to have victory. You are going to win. You are going to have a miracle. You are going to be delivered. Let God be true. And every man and devil a liar. Praise God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. One of the great verses of scripture in the Bible. That teaches us how to prove all things. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue 
And if there be any praise, think on these things. Listen, don't just let your mind wander. Don't just let your... Listen, some folks like to let their mind wander until their mind is wandering. Well, I was just wondering, and then you wonder for a little while, and then you start wandering. And you become wonderful. All right, I'll stop right there. All right. But, but be, be able to prove the thoughts that try to enter your mind. And don't feed your mind with thoughts that are anti-God, anti-Christ, that are trying to destroy what the Lord has built up in you. Listen, you have a blessing of the Lord upon your life. Your eyes and your ears are, are windows to the invisible you. Don't allow those things to be, to be infiltrated by something that is not of God. If there be any virtue... If there be any praise, think on these things. Think on the things that are lovely. Think on the things that are pure. Think on the things that are of good report. This means don't think on the things that are impure. This means don't think on the things that are of a bad report. So when somebody brings to you a bad report, you know what to do with that. And it isn't. Text it to somebody. It's take it to God in prayer. Yeah, there's a lot of bad reports. There's a lot of, there's a lot of negative stuff going on. Take it to God in prayer. Hallelujah. Think on the things that are honest. And if we're honest, we'll know what those things are. Now, I can, I can, already, I can already feel it. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There are people right now, even as I say that, you're thinking, but what if I can't? discipline my thoughts what if I can't control my thoughts what what if I don't want to think on something and 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 then I do you go to God in prayer about that and you say Lord this is my desire I want to I want to think about what I should think about and I don't want to think about what I should not be thinking about and in time your mind will be dwelling on the good things of God the more distance you put between yourself and exposure to the things you should not be thinking, then the more disciplined your mind will become. I want to make sure we understand that. The more distance and more time that you put between thinking the thoughts and being exposed to those catalysts that galvanize the thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking if you will separate yourself from those things in time your mind will be disciplined to think on the things that are of good report that are lovely that are honest and God will absolutely help you invite him to help you and then release yourself to be helped by God and if a thought re-enters your mind in Jesus name I am free and if it enters again, in Jesus' name, I am free. And if it enters again, in Jesus' name, I am free. If it enters again, in Jesus' name, I am free. And you know what? You'll be praying without ceasing. Amen. 
What better way to spend your time thinking than to be declaring the name of Jesus and freedom? I am free in the name of Jesus. I am free in the name of Jesus. I am free in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for making me free. Thank you, Lord, for delivering my mind from bondage. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It works with fear. It works with doubt. It works with lust. It works with worry. It works with anxiety. Come on. It works completely so that your mind is wholly sanctified. Hallelujah. Completely sanctified. And you will have a disciplined thought life in God. Hallelujah. And and you will be able then to prove all things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I I want to emphasize the importance of proving all things. Romans chapter 12. Another great verse of scripture for the child of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Make your body a living sacrifice unto God. Do not seek to please the lusts of your body, but present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And we're not talking about works of the law, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the reasonable service of the child of God who's been brought out of darkness, placed into his marvelous light. Make your body a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed By the renewing of your mind. It happens in the mind. That's where transformation occurs. It occurs in your mind. Not just just in your mind, but by the renewing of your mind. We talked about this last week. When, When you are renewing your mind, what are you renewing your mind in? You're renewing your mind in the work of Calvary. You're renewing your mind in the blood of Jesus. You see, if you hear the term blood of Jesus and it just kind of, meh then you need to renew your mind in it. Because we're not talking about just any other little topic in the Bible. There's power in the blood. There's wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. If you hear little something, something about heaven, the new Jerusalem, we're going to live forever, and you're just going, eh, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. You need to renew your mind in that. Because, folks, I'm telling you, we're going to live forever with the Lord our God in the new Jerusalem. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is how you are transformed by renewing your mind. If you hear a little something, listen, when somebody says, he brought me out of darkness. I was in the chains of addiction and he broke those chains. My goodness, if that doesn't put joy in your soul, if that doesn't put clapping in your hands, if that doesn't put a song on your lips and a shout, hallelujah, hallelujah, then you need to renew your mind in the fact that my God knoweth how to deliver. If you'll renew your mind in these truths about God, you will be transformed. My God, have mercy. Transformed. Complete transformation. And you'll become somebody completely different than what you had ever been. I've seen people so transformed that they couldn't get funds from the bank teller because they didn't match 
the picture on their driver's license ID anymore. I remember Brother Eugene Evans, he, I remember he looked pretty scary. I remember seeing him and thought, oh my goodness, I don't want to go around him. But when God got a hold of him, he took the hate out of his heart. Hallelujah. And Brother Evans, there was such a drastic transformation. It changed his appearance. And, and he, he got clean cut. He, 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 his, his beard hung down to here. And he looked at it. He's hiding behind it. And he was looking down at everybody and glaring at us. And I'd walk on the other side of the church. I, I, was, I was real little. That was a long time ago. I was 28, 29 years old. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I really was about eight years old. And I saw him, I was terrified of him. He later told me, when I told him that, he said, I was terrified of myself, to be honest with you. But when the Holy Ghost got a hold of him, he just made it. There was a total transformation. He went into the bank to withdraw funds, and they said, we need to see your identification. He said, I don't think that's going to help matters. He said, you're right about that. We're going to need some. We need to draw blood or something. Find out who you really are. But when you're not conformed to this world, ladies and gentlemen, you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. When you rehearse and renew the fact that Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. When you rehearse and renew that all to him I owe. When you rehearse and renew that nothing but the blood saves me then it will keep you from being conformed to this world and you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you know what my, my plan tomorrow morning is? Renew my mind. Wake up in the morning and renew my mind. Oh, I know, I know he's a great God, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember it again tomorrow morning. And I'm going to take a moment, count my blessings. I'm going to thank him for another day. I'm going to give him praise and honor him and worship him. And I'm going to open up this Bible. And I'm going to read Psalms that I've read all my life. And I'm going to get something new about, out of them. I'm going to read stories of great heroes of the faith. And I'm going to get something new and timeless and eternal and life-changing out of it. I'm going to renew my mind because I don't want anything to do with all old Joel. I don't want anything to do with that old fearful, lustful, prideful Joel. I want Jesus to transform my whole being, body, soul, and spirit. Hallelujah. And if you don't renew your mind, then you will conform to this world. And before you know it, you're going to start Fearing what they fear? You're going to start worshiping what they worship? You're going to start craving what they crave? You're going to start treating people the way the world treats people? Looking at people the way the world looks at people? But if you will, tr if you will renew your mind, He's holy and he's worthy and he loves me and I love him and he brought me out and I thank him. Then you will be transformed to him and not conformed. And notice what happens. That you may prove, the end of verse 2, Romans 12, that you may prove, we're coming to proving, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now think about those three words. Prove what is that good and acceptable. You know, there are some things that's not acceptable to God. 
It's just something's not acceptable to him. And God help us that it's not on us. I don't want anything in me that's not acceptable to him. And I'm not foolish enough to think that I know what it all is. But if I renew my mind daily, then I will have discernment even of myself. You know, when we talk about discernment of spirits, you know it's a real Holy Ghost discernment of spirits and not the gift of suspicion. So you got to prove that too. you got to discern, is this the discernment of the gifts of spirit from the Holy Ghost? Discernment of spirits from the Holy Ghost or is this the gift of suspicion? you got to know the difference. Here's the difference. The gift of suspicion will have you figuring everything out about everybody around you. The discernment of spirits, you will be able to discern spirits around you and you'll be able to discern your own spirit. That's the difference. See, see, with the gift of suspicion, you can't look at yourself and see what needs to be corrected. With the gift of suspicion, you see everything everybody else needs to do. But with the discernment of spirits, the first spirit you're able to discern is your own. And, and you literally can see, oh, I'm off here. I'm wrong. I've got a bad attitude. I'm not treating my brother right, my sister right. I'm, I'm wrong. And, 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 and because the Holy Ghost has convicted you of it, then it doesn't, it doesn't take like some major, major, major uh, issue for you to then own up to it. But you just say, I'm, I'm sorry. And ask your forgiveness. And you know what? When you do that to a Holy Ghost-filled person, you know what their reaction is? Their reaction is, I forgive you. You know why we can't hold grudges and why we can't hold people to account for what they've done wrong to us? Because Jesus paid it all. We're trying to get people to pay us something they owe us when Jesus already paid it with his precious blood. They owe me. They owe me. Yeah, but if I believe what I'm preaching, Jesus paid what they owe me. So, so I forgive. Amen. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. 1 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse number 5. And I, I, I'm moving along here. Amen. Uh, y'all, y'all can still say amen, uh, but don't say it too loud because I might get carried away and go off on another tangent. <laughs> I love preaching to First Apostolic Church and teaching at First Apostolic. Y'all love the Word of God. And it's, it, it, it's fun. to. I, this is the only pulpit I enjoy, really enjoy preaching in. No pulpit like this pulpit. I love, I love preaching here at home. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I shall give thee. It was in a dream that the Lord appeared to, to Solomon. And Solomon said, you have shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. You have kept for him this great kindness, that you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David, my father. And I am but a little child. He was about 19 years old. 
I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people, that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore, now remember, this is in a dream. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? This honest heart of Solomon. Look, the foundation for him receiving the answer to this prayer was his humility. His knowledge that I simply don't, I simply do not have. I simply do not have what it takes in myself to do this great calling that God has placed upon me. And so, Lord, give me understanding, an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither have asked riches for yourself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies. Wow. We ask the life of our enemies. We ask riches for ourselves, And we ask for long life. Many prayers have been prayed to God from us. Lord, take my enemy out. (laughs) Lord, let me live a long, 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 long life. Lord, give me more, give me more, give me more. Blessing, blessing, blessing. And the Lord said, but because you have asked thyself for thyself understanding, to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy day. If you will ask God for an understanding heart, listen, whatever you're going through right now and whatever you're praying, I want you to pray that prayer. God, give me an understanding heart so that I can discern properly and so that I can prove all things. And let me tell you, God will give you that understanding heart. You'll be able to discern. You'll be able to prove all things. And he will give you the stuff you didn't ask for. That's huge. That's really important. Verse number 16. Okay, so verse 15. Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. I I don't know if if he's like me. He's waking up like, oh, man, I thought that was happening for real. Here it was a dream. That was like the best dream in the world. I'm talking to God. In my dream, and I thought it was for real. Oh, man, for real. It was just a dream. But he came to Jerusalem, and he stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and offered peace offerings and made a feast to all his servants. 
Then came there two women that were harlots unto the king and stood before him. The one woman said, Oh, my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house. I was delivered of a child with her in the house. And it came to pass the third day after that I was delivered, that this woman was delivered also. And we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. She arose at midnight, took my son from beside me while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the, early in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son which I did bear. And the other woman say, Nay, but the living is my son and the dead is thy son. And this said, no, but the dead is thy son, and the living is my son. Thus they spake before the king. He's got a dilemma. He has to prove all things. He has to discern. Then said the king, the one saith, this is my son that liveth, and thy son is the dead. And the other saith, nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, bring me a sword. You've got the sword right here. Bring me a sword. There's only one way to settle every dispute. It doesn't matter how convincing the argument is. Bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two. And give half to the one and half to the other. Solomon is 19 years old. And their folks are standing by going... This guy's crazy. We just want a little simple answer to who's, who's going to be believed here. And he's talking about cutting children in two. But he had a he had discerning heart. He had an understanding heart. He had wisdom. And he was discerning between a lie and truth. And the king said, Does divide the living child in two. Give half to the one, half to the other. Then spake the woman who's the living child. Whose was the living child? Unto the king, for her bowels yearned upon her son, and he knew that would happen. And she said, O oh my Lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. She is the mother thereof. When this story started, she was called a harlot. But when this story concludes, she is called the mother. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. Those extreme measures revealed the rightful mother. And here's how you can tell. Here's how you can tell. Between a lie and truth, truth will never divide the baby. Ever. Truth is all or nothing at all. And you can tell the difference between truth and error. Listen, listen, you can't, you, if, if you're going to rip out this half of the Bible, you're not preaching the truth. We'll preach everything but the book of Acts, that's not preaching the truth. Truth says, I want the whole baby. 
Don't cut it in two. Don't split it up. Don't sever it. Don't divide that child. I want it all. I want the Gospels. I want the Epistles. I want the book of Revelation. I want the major prophets. I want the minor prophets. I want the books of the law. I want it all. Give it to me. Give it to me straight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And this is the dividing factor. This is the word of God. We prove all things with the word of God. And I I conclude with this coming from the book of Hebrews chapter 4. And we'll have to get to holding fast that which is good at a different time. It was a little bit wishful thinking to get both of them in tonight. And I I really was going to try till y'all started shouting and giving God praise and then... Hebrews chapter 4, and and I want to read this great verse of Scripture, verse 12. For the Word of God is quick. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And that's where I I want to concentrate. The Word of God is so sharp. Sharper, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. This is why it's important to memorize the word of God and hide it in your heart. Because even though you may not fully understand it at the moment, you, you've got that word hidden in your heart. And when, and when a false prophet speaks, tries to speak into your life, you can flip through the Rolodex of that scripture that's in your heart and say, but it is written... And, 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 when, and when a false doctrine tries to come blow against you and toss you to and fro, you can, you can skip through the Rolodex of that word of God that's in your heart and say, but thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. So the word of God is so precious and it, you hide it in your heart because there's going to come a time when you're going to need that particular word of God. Hallelujah. And so it is quick. It, it quickens. It quickens at just the right time. This is what Jesus said would happen. He said the Holy Ghost will come and he shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. I have had that happen on numerous occasions while preaching the word of God. While preaching the word of God. It's not in my notes. I don't remember memorizing it. I I don't remember the last time I read it. Sometimes I wonder if I ever did read it. And while I'm preaching, here it comes out of my mouth. Because it is the Holy Ghost bringing all things whatsoever he has said to our remembrance. I'm telling you, this book is alive. It is powerful. And the word of God is quick, powerful, and sharper. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any book of literature you've ever read. It's sharper than anything Barnes & Noble has on their bookshelves. It's sharper than anything you can Google. It's sharper than any lecture that has ever been given by any professor or any expert in any field. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit. If we went around the room and had folks describe the difference between soul and spirit, we would get a really colorful variety of explanations. 
We just would. They're so similar. First of all, they're invisible. They're invisible. Soul and spirit. They're different. The Bible says they're different. They're invisible. The soul contains the conscience. And, and it's almost like a... See, when God breathed into man the breath of life, man became a living soul. And, and, and the, the conscience is, is actually like a... It's like a little... Uh, Sensor to where God can always speak to you no matter how far you get from Him. Okay? So even when you've fallen, you've eaten the forbidden fruit, and, you, and you're not serving God, and you rejected Him, you, you defied Him, you rebelled, and you were stubborn, and you were idolatrous, and you were adulterous, and you're running around being a heathen, and then all of a sudden when you're at your lowest point in life, and you don't know which way is up and which way is down, here comes a word from God. You're on a bar stool somewhere. Because God breathed into your nostrils the breath of life. And he put inside of you a conscience. And you may never have heard the truth. You may have never had anybody tell you the truth. You may have never heard a preacher preach the gospel. You may not know what a church is. But you've got a conscience. You've got a soul that has a conscience. And then you have a spirit. The spirit is where the emotions exist. These are invisible things. What are emotions? What, what, what are emotions and why do you have them and, and thoughts? These are all invisible, invisible stuff that's in, your, that's in your person, that's in your being. And so your spirit is, is where the emotions are and, and, and it, can get, it can get off kilter, out of whack easily. And, and we say when that happens, we say, well, they got a bad spirit. Or we might say they got a bad attitude. Same thing. And so the spirit is, is this invisible part, and the soul is this invisible part. The soul is something that God can communicate with. The spirit is something that is controlled and, and owned by you. You're, you're in charge of it. And, and so the Bible says that the word of God pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. In other words, the part of you that is listening to God and the part of you that is listening to you. The only thing that can rightly divide them is the word of God. You get them confused. And you wonder, how many times have you asked, I just didn't know if it was God talking to me or just me. Anybody, I need to see a show of hands. I didn't know if it was God, come on, let's be honest. I didn't know if it was me or if it was the Lord speaking to me. That's because your soul and your spirit are so intertwined and they're so much like each other, you can't tell the difference. But the word of God pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's why when you open up the word of the Lord and you need a word from God and you see, you see, I hate, verse 113 of Psalm 119, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Your spirit has vain thoughts, but your soul is wanting to love the law of God. Verse 114, thou art my hiding place, not the bottle that your spirit wants you to go drink, and my shield. I hope in thy word, not your career that your spirit is wanting to hope in. And so now all of a sudden, you let the word of God divide between your soul and your spirit, and it helps you to prove all things. Depart from me, evildoers. 
for I will keep the commandments of my God. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Some of you are trying to decide whether or not you should continue hanging out with the crowd you're hanging out with. In the name of Jesus, hear ye the word of the Lord. Depart from me, you evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. That's the word of God dividing between your soul and your spirit and putting your spirit in its place and letting your soul rise up to worship the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. And the Holy Ghost regenerates your dead spirit to where your spirit comes into alignment with your soul and with your body. And you are completely sanctified by the power of God and able, able then to prove all things. Amen. Glory to God. Why don't we just lift our hands to heaven right now? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's lift our hands to heaven and praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him right now. Let's praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Glory to God. If you've got your Bible with you, why don't you just lift it up to heaven right now and just, just wave it back and forth. Give a wave offering. Let the Word of God. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Powerful and quick. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is how I discern. This is how I prove all things. This is how I discern between good and bad. Glory to God. The media doesn't control my discernment. Entertainment doesn't control my discernment. Hallelujah. Preconceived notions doesn't control my discernment. Oh, hallelujah. Prejudiced feelings, they don't control my discernment. The Word of God, 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 the Word of God. Hallelujah. I'm listening right now to one of the great messages that has ever been preached. Amen. Bishop Buller, Brother George Glass Sr., Sister Buller's pastor years ago, the church where she's from, and he preached one of the great messages, Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Oh, hallelujah. He said so beautifully that the name, oh my, how wonderful the name. None other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He said the name... Of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. He said, he said that, that his name shall be called Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. There's no question that the name is so great and high and lifted up. And yet David said thou hast magnified thy word. Even above thy name. He said, I'm not minimizing the power of the name. I love the name of Jesus. But he said this. He said, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that flesh had a name. And the word gave that flesh the name. Oh, hallelujah. 
Folks, I'm going to tell you the most important thing in your life is this thing I'm holding in my hand right now. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I don't know what stocks and bonds you have. I don't know what investments you made. I don't know. I don't know what kind of inheritance you've received. But I'm telling you, none of it can compare to this beautiful, holy book. Hallelujah. Because in it are the words of eternal life. If you love the Word of God, could you just lift your hands to heaven again right now? We're going to sing unto the Lord, and we're going to entertain the presence of the Lord. Glory to God. Let's let the, a revival of God's Word get a hold of us again. Let's let a revival of God's Word. you got big decisions coming up. You need to be able to prove all things. Hallelujah. You've got feelings that are trying to creep into your spirit. You need to be able to prove all things. You've got thoughts that are competing for your mind's attention. You need to be able to prove all things. And the Word of God, the Word of God is where we do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Word of God is where we do it. Come on, let's praise Him right now. Let's praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, is that your declaration tonight? All the way. I'm going all the way. All the way I'm going all the way Yes, Lord I'm going all the way with my Lord Yeah, Lord All the way Hallelujah Going all Come on, the devil's trying to tell you otherwise But he's a liar and the truth of God is not in him. I'm going all the way. Yes. All the way. I'm going all the way. Well, I'm going all the way with the Lord. Yes. All the way. Hallelujah. Oh, 